Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, baddies. Thank you so much for tuning into our pilot episode last week. And if you didn't get a chance to tune into our very first episode, don't worry. It's not going anywhere. So you can always come back and listen to it whenever you can. We got overwhelming positive feedback on our first episode, Converting Your Fear into Your Purpose. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening, downloading, and sharing with everyone you know. We can't grow this podcast without you. So if you've already provided us with a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. This may seem like a small effort, but it truly does support and grow our community. Also, I just want to mention, I am bouncing back from a bit of a cold this weekend, so just bear with me if I sound a little more congested than usual. Anyway, if you're already following Sadie Baddies on Instagram, today's topic isn't brand new to you since we've been talking about it for a while now. Today, we're talking all about how to invite softness into your life. And while this podcast is open to obviously anyone and everyone who listens, this episode in particular is dedicated to Black women and Black queer and non-binary folks. Reason being is that we, as individuals and as a community, carry so much on a daily basis, many of us subconsciously, and it has real tangible effects on our mind, body, and spirit. So before we get into the how of softness, let's talk about the why. So why softness? Softness is defined as the quality of being easy to mold, cut, compress, or fold. In terms of a lifestyle, embracing the soft life, aka the title of this podcast, can allow us to have more ease and adaptability in our daily lives. A soft life means that we are compassionate, kind, tender, and gentle with ourselves and with others. It nourishes the mental and emotional well-being we need and are so deserving of. Far too often, black and brown women and individuals are carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders, so much so that we're involuntarily given the title of the strong black woman before we even hit puberty. And although the strong black woman may seem reliable and tenacious to everyone around her, she's tired of putting herself first. And even though resilience and strength are important necessary traits of being able to handle life's twists and turns, without the contrast of softness and ease, we end up exhausted, resentful, and overwhelmed. Softness in any aspect can help balance the inevitable changes that life brings us without compromising the love that we have for ourselves. And I want to acknowledge the fact that this soft lifestyle, although it may seem trendy, it is more about the balance than anything else, and it's designed to meet you where you're at. Without our basic needs met, such as housing, food, childcare, healthcare, and more, it's going to be extremely difficult to invite ease and softness into your life. And if right now this episode doesn't resonate with you, or you can't relate due to circumstances, just please remember that it's not your fault. You deserve to have beyond just your basic needs met, and I hope that these tips are accessible and available to you. And as always, we have a long list of resources on both the Sadie Baddies Instagram and website for more information and tools. Now, with that being said, let's get into the four ways that you can start to invite softness into your life. Number one, discover the ways in which you're too hard on yourself and examine where this voice comes from. 
This tip is especially for my recovering perfectionists, myself included. Subconsciously, our inner critic can take up a lot of room in our head. I know my inner critic is loud as hell sometimes. And sometimes what's actually happening is we're muddling the voice of someone in our lives, whether that's a parent, a caregiver, a coach, a supervisor, a friend who was really hard on us. And instead what we end up doing is internalizing these messages. These can also be messages that we subconsciously receive from society through media and our lived experiences. Having awareness of your inner critic can allow you to make room for your intuition so that your intuition can guide you from a place of self-acceptance and compassion instead of constantly judging and criticizing your every move. In practice, I actually tried this out earlier this morning. I was having a lot of um, self-critical thoughts about my path, about you know where I am in life, and just to be honest with you, I am definitely hypercritical of myself I think a lot of us are a lot of us who who identify as ambitious people can be very hypercritical I found myself getting into a spiral of negative thinking and what I did instead is I took a moment I brought out my journal I wrote down all of the things that I was judging myself about And I took a minute to notice the patterns of these judgments. And what I did instead was on the opposite page, I wrote out very simple solution-oriented action items that I can do. Instead of judging myself and, and criticizing all of these thoughts and all these feelings about where I am and who I am, I just took a moment to pause and let out that inner critic. I personally believe that you can't, Deal with your inner critic unless you see it on paper, unless you visualize it and you get out of your head. So for me, journaling is my favorite practice. For you, it might be while you're in the gym, it might be while you're creating art, music, whatever it is for you. Finding out, finding an outlet that works for you is one of the best ways to let that inner critic out so that you can start to flow through those emotions and then you'll be more in touch with your intuition. Number two, give yourself or a loved one flowers or a plant. So there are studies that actually show the correlation between having fresh flowers or plants in your environment and improving your overall mood. Bringing in elements from the outdoors reminds us that we're part of an ecosystem. And personally, I noticed that when I stop to pick out some fresh flowers for myself or a loved one or take time to water my plants, I'm more grateful and aware of the present moment. Picking up fresh flowers or tending to your plants can be a self-love ritual. Or even if you're meeting up with a loved one, stopping to pick up some fresh flowers if that's what they enjoy. Some people don't like flowers and that's okay. But... Just the gesture in general is such a tender thought. It's such a tender action to do for somebody that you love. And we can all use more of those moments of a, hey, I thought of you, or this made me think of you, or I picked this up on my way to see you. Those moments invite so much softness into our life. I remember one time I bought flowers for a friend of mine and they were really really touched because they weren't expecting it and just to put a smile on someone's face by doing something so simple really just shows us that we don't need a lot 
you don't need to do a lot to make people feel loved and and to know that they're loved and that love that you share and pour out into the world that reflects back into you if you you know want to be somebody that is a loving person that is um, a genuine person a kind person offer that to yourself but also pour that into other people as well Number three, and this might be one of the most important tips, ask for help more often. Part of shedding the identity of being a strong black woman is not being afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually the self-awareness that you are not meant to do everything alone. Sometimes we are so used to doing things alone that it becomes so ingrained into our behavior to just overwhelm ourselves and preoccupy ourselves with an ongoing laundry list of things to do. But when we do everything by ourselves, it doesn't provide us any room to actually tend and nourish ourselves and pour back into ourselves. So my challenge to you is to ask yourself what areas in your life could you use more assistance? This could be at work, at home, at school, in your relationships. Where in these areas are you carrying an enormous amount of weight and where do you feel like you're doing too much by yourself this does take a minute to reflect on because a lot of times those same things are the areas in which we feel most exhausted by so if you feel like you're the friend that is overextending yourself by always having to be the one to arrange plans or make reservations ask your friends hey how about next time we hang out I would love for you to pick out a place. I would love for you to pick out a place that you've um, been wanting for us to try. Or if it's in your home and you are a parent or you have a roommate even, it comes down to cleaning, chores, those types of things. Instead of it feeling like that person has to help you, think of it as a divide and conquer situation where that person is actually aiding in in the responsibilities of the household versus it being your responsibility and them only helping you out here and there. So if you don't have anyone in your immediate circle that comes to mind, consider looking online for communities, support groups, spaces, and even if this is hiring someone to help you out whether that's a virtual assistant or hiring someone to once a month come help you clean your house and if that's within your means please do it because you deserve to have space so that you can pour back into yourself we are not meant to live in silos we are part of an ecosystem so if there are things that in your life that are draining you and there are tasks in your life that are draining you don't be afraid to ask for help and of course this also includes seeking help for mental health uh, resources. So whether that's finally trying therapy, finally trying counseling, or talking to someone that you trust so that you can be directed into having more of a supportive uh, system, that will benefit you in the long run. And you won't be as burnt out. Number four is romanticizing your life. So if you are on TikTok or Instagram or any social media apps, you've probably heard people talk about romanticizing your life. And what does romanticizing your life actually mean? Simply put, it's really deepening your awareness of your surroundings, your routines, and embracing the mundane moments of your life. So how do you do this? How do you romanticize your life? You start small. 
And again, you live within your means. For me, this comes in a lot of different ways. I am a sensual person, meaning that I like to use all five of my senses almost every day with almost every experience I have. So that means that if I'm sitting down to write or I'm sitting down listening to something, um, there's music playing in the background, there's usually a candle lit, incense burning, something like that. Um, so one way you can do this, and if this is something you appreciate, is to play music in the background while cooking your favorite meal. Um, you know, you can also light some candles or incense in the evening as you wind down, change your lighting in your home so that you create more of a calm ambiance. Another great way to romanticize your life is to spend time outdoors and witness the beauty of the present moment. I don't know if there's anything more grounding than just being outside and, smelling fresh air, touching some grass, watching the sky, watching the sunset, that in itself is so beautiful. And it really grounds you in looking at yourself as part of the earth and all the beauties and wonders of the earth. I know this sounds really cliche, but it truly is some of the most healing practices that you can have. I know that at times where I felt overwhelmed, overstimulated, or just hopeless, I would just go to the park, bring a book, bring a little blanket and I would be there for hours and I would come back feeling so renewed and so rejuvenated. And if you live on the East Coast like I do, it is getting warmer out, it's getting more bearable out. So take advantage of this time where we have this beautiful weather coming up and that is already, you know, present and enjoy being outside, enjoy being part of this earth. Next is to take pictures and videos of whatever strikes your eye. I know that some people find this to be a little cringe, taking pictures of everything, but listen, you don't have to share it with everyone. You don't have to share it with anyone. You can take pictures of your dog, of your cat, of your room, of your food, whatever it is that makes you feel appreciative and grateful for the present moment document that and it doesn't have to turn into an Instagram reel it doesn't have to turn into a TikTok it can literally just be for your own your own archives and I think taking pictures and documenting the beauty of the moment is a great way to sit back and just appreciate the beautiful things in your life I know sometimes I go through my camera roll and I forget that I've taken photos of the sunset or, you know, um, when I spent time in Arizona and Mexico a, a few years ago, they had the most breathtaking sunsets. And sometimes I'll just go back and look at that and be like, wow, I it was able to witness that. And obviously traveling will give you more of those experiences. But if you're not in a place right now where you can travel, that's okay. Being outside your front door, looking out, taking a walk to the park, those are all moments where you can capture the beauty of the present moment and document them for yourself. Next is to tap into, and if you're able to, tap into and deepen your sensuality daily through fragrance, touch, sound, taste, and visuals. So for me, like I mentioned, I'm a very sensual person. I know what fragrances I enjoy. I know what um, fabrics I enjoy. I know what tastes I enjoy, what visuals I appreciate. What combination of those senses feels softest for you? So I recommend kind of exploring your own senses one day. Think about 
what are fragrances that I really, really love? What are the what are the visuals? What are the sites that I really, really love? And you can find inspiration for this on Pinterest. You can find inspiration for this at a museum, at galleries, in a magazine, on the internet. The possibilities are endless of where you can find this inspiration. But having those drawing inspiration from your your outside world and your external environment and bringing it inside can help you to soften that internal world that you're experiencing as well. Having a list of things that you appreciate through your senses can really help you to be grounded in that present moment. So when the next time you do catch a whiff of that scent of fresh linen or you do touch um, fabric or uh, that's soft like silk or satin or velvet that brings you pleasure in a way that is so simple and it's so accessible to you so you know if you are going to go out and purchase an item for your home say it's a piece of furniture or something choosing fabrics that will bring you that softness literally inside of your home is always going to be a way that you can invite that ease and that pleasure into your life because you deserve it and these are all really simple ways but they really do help you to have a more, not just a luxurious feeling life, but just a soft life. And you deserve that. So to summarize, here are the four ways to invite softness into your life. We're going to recap real quick in case you missed it. Number one, examine the ways in which you're too hard on yourself and try to figure out where this voice comes from. Number two, give yourself or a loved one flowers or a plant. Number three, ask for help more often. Number four, romanticize your life through your senses. I hope that this advice on inviting softness into your life helps you to be more patient and gentle with yourself and others. The whole point of the soft life is to be grounded in the present moment, is to appreciate the little things and... If you'd like to read more about um, my thoughts on softness, check out the blog article on our website titled Don't Call Me a Strong Black Woman and share your thoughts with us via email, DM, or leaving a comment on our recent post. One reason that the soft life means so much to me is because I spent the majority of my 20s beating myself up. I spent the majority of my 20s being so hard on myself, being so hypercritical, being judgmental of myself, and it didn't do anything for me. All it did was give me anxiety. And I personally have been leaning into the soft life because it is my way of of remedying all of the damage that I did internally to my own self-esteem by being so hard on myself. The soft life is not so much about things or having items. It's more about experiences. It's more about slowing down. It's about appreciating the moment. It's about putting away that to-do list sometimes and sitting in bed, having a cup of coffee and watching Netflix and not feeling guilty about it. You cannot really rest if there's always guilt attached to your rest. I have been talking about rest as a black woman for a very long time and I hate to say it, but I'm going to be honest, sometimes I even struggle with resting Sometimes it takes a lot for me to put everything I am holding onto, letting it go, putting it down, and choosing to take a break. I am getting better at it, but it does take a lot of effort. I'm I'm not somebody that can easily just say, oh, well, forget about this, forget about the plan, because truth is, I do have things planned out 
on a daily basis of what I want to accomplish. So the soft life is for me as much as it is for you because I am deserving of that space of of rest. Rest is also productive and including rest as part of my creative practice has been helping me a lot. It's been helping me to look at things from a more well-rounded point of view instead of looking at it from this narrow-minded, hyper-focused, tunnel vision, go, go, go type of mindset. And I hope that the soft life, even if it doesn't seem attainable for you right now, that you take away some of these tips, even if it's one tip at a time, taking away something so that you can start incorporating it into your life. Because the truth is, stress is one of the most debilitating things that we can have into our life. We already know that stress causes a lot of illness. Um, Stress-related illness turn into chronic illness over time. So it's not just so much it's in our head, it's in our bodies as well. And so the soft life is about embracing the contrast of that stressful life, that hyper productivity. And I know that living in America, in the United States, I know that living in New York City and having this environment of really fast paced, uh, you know, everybody's on their grind, this hustle culture. While that may help some people achieve their goals, I've realized that the opposite of that, which is also leaning into those calm moments, those quiet moments, taking breaks, um, taking time off, that is also really, really healthy for your for your mind and your body as well. So I hope that the soft life, this podcast and the soft life itself does help you. And I hope that you're able to implement some of these tips into your daily life. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.